to the Moment of Truth podcast with myself, Leroy Brito. Every week I'm going to be speaking to a professional or former athlete about their moment of truth. Um, this is a brand new podcast, so if you do enjoy, please help get it off the ground by subscribing, sharing, reviewing, and just telling everybody and anybody about the podcast. I'm sure that'll go a long way. We've got a great guest to kick things off, so without further ado, let's just go straight into it. So we're joined today by my guest, Wales and Cardiff Blues prop, Dylan Lewis. So welcome to the podcast, Thanks Dylan. for having me. How's things? Yeah, not bad. Obviously, um, it's a bit of a weird time at the moment, a uh, difficult one. Not, you know, none of us have uh, really experienced anything like this before. So, um, yeah, but quite enjoying it as well at the same time. But it's different, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've obviously been following um, some of your social media and in terms of obviously got a, quite a good setup at the moment to keep yourself taking over. Yeah, I think um, it gives... It gives us, you know, a lot of opportunities to do things where, you know, where we normally can't, um, and train in different ways, etc. Because obviously, you know, when the season's on and you know you're playing week in week out, um, you, you know, your body doesn't really have time to recover. So, I think, um, you know, for us as, as professional rugby players, it's it's a bit of a blessing as well, really. As 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 you know, like I said, we can we can do new things, try different ways to train, you know, find out new ways. Um, that our body reacts to certain things, and I'm quite enjoying that that facet of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've seen. Obviously, I follow a lot of the NBA, and um, a lot of the players are you know, obviously taking it as an opportunity to reskill, to to build up some mass, etc. Whilst they haven't got to go through the, you know, obviously the the training, the playing, the training, the training. So you've got that recovery time, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I that's probably one of the things I'm enjoying the most about it is, um, like you said, I've. I've put a gym in my garage. Um, and quite a few companies have got you know have helped out with in terms of filling that <laughs> that garage space up as well. Yes, yeah. Um, Feel free to name them. We haven't got any yeah, restrictions well, in terms um, of Myrafit have um, have been really good and sent me shared loads of equipment, dumbbells, etc. Um, so yeah, like like I said, it's 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 quite it is quite enjoyable to to do a lot of different sort of training that that you wouldn't normally get an opportunity to do. So, um, and like you said, like the NBA players putting like masks on and stuff like that, that hypertrophy sort of training isn't something we get a lot of opportunity to do unless it's in, in our pre-season. So, again, it's an opportunity, to, like you said, like sort of work, work on that, work on your weaknesses and, and build strengths in other areas. Well, good stuff and come back even stronger for the next season. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. So, just in terms of background for, for the, I suppose, the audience, um, we met just before um, we went into lockdown, didn't we? Um so it was just during the Six Nations, yeah. and you got in touch in terms of me doing a gig for um, for the team, for the squad, um, at your base at the Vinay de Morgan. Yeah, so I reached out to you, didn't I? Was it was Instagram, I think. Uh, yes, yeah. So yeah, it was the week, uh, the week leading to the Scotland game, was it? It was, yeah. Yeah, the, week, the Monday leading to the Sunday leading to the Scotland game. Um, well, actually, it was the England game. It was the, the, the week England before, game. wasn't it? Yeah, yes, it was, yes. it was, yeah, the week before, yeah, the week before. Yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, you come in, done a, done a very good set for us. Actually, the boys, uh, the boys are very happy with that. Um, so I, in in camp, in camp, we get uh, we get like at the beginning, at the beginning of like certain campaigns, uh, we'll get delegated roles. So there's three of us yeah. on entertainment. Uh, it was me, my, uh, myself, Corey Hill, and Liam Williams. Mm-hmm. We thought, oh, you're like, yeah, what, you know, what can we do? We we sort of done the quizzes, done the like the race nights, etc. And then we thought, oh, we get a comedian in. So 
um, is probably the best entertainments we've had <laughs> all campaign. That's, that's that's. I'm glad that you enjoyed it because for me it, it was quite a weird and surreal gig. Firstly, it's obviously just you know you, you go in there and you go, you know you, you met me in the reception and I went downstairs into it. It's almost like the dragon's lair, isn't it? In terms yeah. of it's just set up. We call there. it dungeon, yeah, because there's no there's no normal like no outside light comes in. You're underground. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Lights on the ceiling. It is like the dungeon down there. Yeah, and I'm thinking this is why well, we can just walk in here. Why they don't they don't have security? <laughs> yeah. And I realised that you probably didn't need security yeah. with. Um... <laughs> um, it's quite funny actually because like um, on certain trips we do get security and we've got these. Um, these two guys, um, and one of them is a real character. He's from up uh, Northway, like uh, Wigan Leedsway, and he's, yeah. he's a real character. So we do get scrutiny sometimes, but um, it's more when we travel away, really, or on match yes, day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can imagine it was probably a bit, a bit uh, different for you as well. Cause <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, well, it, it was. Like 30, 40 players, and then oh, you got all the management and stuff. Um, and like we... Don't really like so like you're looking for a bit of crowd in you know like interacting exactly 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 so, so usually <laughs> no one says anything <laughs> no that's that that was the point so firstly it, the room was obviously it wasn't set up for a comedy club I mean you guys yeah. it wasn't a Saturday night you weren't drinking it was about seven o'clock on a Sunday you've probably had a quite a full week of training yeah. quite intense I turn up into your space which is like obviously a sacred space. Yeah. And then it's just like, right, everyone get around here. There's a comedian. People are looking like, who is this guy? The lights are on. There's no mic. Yeah. Um, and then t- <laughs> two players came up before me to do jokes. Yeah. And um, one of them went really blue, which was great for me because I knew where the level was going to be then. Yeah. Um, but it was just a weird one. And then you're looking and you're just clocking. Oh, okay. Alan Wynn Jones is not laughing at me. Try to do something else then. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was enjoyable. But it was a bit surreal at the same time. Yeah, no, I know. Like, like I said, like crowd um, interaction, it was probably an all-time low because no one, none, <laughs> of players, none of the players really wanted to put themselves out there. Just no, in case, no, uh, no. just in case you rinse there, man. So, <laughs> yeah, of course, <laughs> um, of course. That it was good. It was really good, actually. Um, and it's like it's good because, like, you think like Six Nations campaigns uh, normally real long. And it's at the mm-hmm. time of the year where it's probably the coldest, the wettest, um, and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> picks the boys up massively, you know, just getting something, yeah. something new, uh, just freshening it up. And um, yeah, I thought you were fantastic. To be fair, so thank you. Well, that's that. the that's the closest I'm getting to playing for Wales. So uh, yeah, good stuff. So obviously, on the the Moment of Truth podcast, um, it's about that particular moment within your career where you know things just clicked or or maybe they didn't click for you so just expand tell me about your moment of truth or or, or your backstory firstly and then into your moment of truth yeah so um i had the sort of um you know it's called they call it the pathway so i you know i played mm-hmm. age grades for the blues uh for wales so under 16s and 18s and the 20s um and then sort of that from from that under 20 to senior rugby transition is um it's one they don't really prepare you for because it's quite mm-hmm. quite cutthroat um and obviously you got to understand like these regions and you know professional clubs they're 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 a business at the end of the day and 
And of course. And then at 20 level, you know, it's, you're sort of uh, a big fish in a small pond and then you go to senior rugby and you're a small fish in a big pond, so to speak. So um, it was quite tough. And, and I, I sort of, my first, uh, my second year of the 20s, so I, was pl- I, I played about 13, 14 professional games for Cardiff Blues that year, which like, yes, yeah. um, you know, is, is unheard of really. And um, especially my position. So, you know, I'd finished my under-20s year, played X amount of games for the Blues, and I thought, brilliant, like, you know, next year is going to be even better, blah, blah. And then that next season, I played one professional game of rugby for the Blues, and, um, which was obviously, it's, it's tough to take, and you don't really know how to yeah. deal with that situation at a young age, where, and you can't really understand it. Um and you know, I we had, our head coach at the time was Danny Wilson, and you know, I learned a lot of valuable lessons off him in terms of uh, how to and how not to deal with people and coaches. And you know, we had a few arguments yes. and falling out, um, which but I, which you know, uh, you know, I come out at the end of it a better person, and you know, I can thank Danny for that because you know, me and Danny, are, you know, good mates now. Um, we still chat, mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, but then. So that season, that second season. Um, so how old were you then? Um, I would have been about twenty, twenty-one at that at that point. Um, okay, okay. So I've always thought, in terms of obviously for yourself at that age, you know, everything's potentially gone quite well for you, and this is a big test for you. And you're you're still still a kid, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, it's. <clears throat> I think like the, the toughest thing for me to deal with was um, having to understand why. One season, you know, I was sort of playing, on, you know, almost every other week, um, and I was younger. And then the season later, after I gained all that experience, I wasn't getting selected, and I was getting sent to play for the likes of Cardiff RFC, Pontypridd, um, um, yeah. and playing Premiership rugby. Where obviously, you know, you've had a, you've had a taste of that professional rugby at, at you know the Pro 14 standard and European standard, and that's where you want to be playing. Became a so that was the time we to deal with. Yeah. Um, and I think, what's the step down like in terms of just like, I suppose the expectation on you that are you embraced by the team when you step down into those? I think those one of the funnest seasons I had was uh, my first senior rugby season uh, was at Pontypridd, and um, mm-hmm. obviously that was like my first year of under twenties level as well. So I would have been about eighteen at the time, um, and we were playing. It was a thing called the BNI Cup back then. Um, and Ponty always used to do quite well in it. Um, so you play the likes of Bristol, Leinster, like you play all these big teams, Worcester, um, all these big teams. And I remember, like it was, we played a Sard- Bristol at Sardis Road, and mm-hmm. <laughs> something like six yellow cards and two red cards by the final whistle. Um, <laughs> and it was absolutely rammed in. There must have been about ten thousand people at Sardis Road, and you couldn't move. It was, it was oh, okay. So like that was like how serious um, Ponte used to take the tournament in terms of you know the fact like the fans would it was like uh, we played Worcester away when you know Bristol and it was something like fifteen or sixteen seventy seater coaches packed going to watch Ponte play and that that was um, that was a real good year um, I really enjoyed my yeah. rugby then um, and there is there is there is a big step down in terms of standard but um, I think yeah like you said then the expectation. I remember, um, so it was, so I'm a Ponty boy, born and bred, and um, massive rivalry between Cardiff and Ponty in terms of rugby. 
And I'd had my first season at Ponacreeth, gone into pre-season uh, second year, and they just tapped me down. They said, oh, look, um, you'll be playing for Cardiff RFC this year. And, you know, I just couldn't fathom the idea, blah, blah. And then I went training, and um, the head coach at the time, Spot, come to me and went, look, I know you want. I don't. I know you don't want to be here, but just put a fucking, but just put a fucking shift in for me the weekend, and that's all I can ask. So yeah. I mean, like, it's those exactly. type of things which you've got yeah. a lot of respect for, because you know, like they tell you how it is, and and they understand the situation. And he was a really good guy as well. But um, yeah, there is an expectation on you. Then when you do drop down, obviously, you know, you signed for the Blues. You you've played a few games for the Blues, etc. And people will expect you know you know you for you to stand out, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah of course. So that that was sort of my my early days. Um, well, early days it wasn't that long ago, to be fair. So, um, so how old are you? Twenty four now? now. Okay, so this is this is yeah. quite recent. Well, for me, I'm thirty eight, <laughs> so three years. Ago. Yeah. So um, that season, um, obviously playing for Cardiff RFC, um, played one game for the Blues that year, and and then towards I'd say about three. Three months before the season had end, uh, was going to end, I I, I, had an, I had an injury on um, on my big toe. <laughs> ran, 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 oh wow! Yeah. Okay. And they said I'll be out for at least three months because of my position. Obviously, there's a lot of sort of pressure and weight going through that toe and foot, etc. Mm-hmm. Et so um, I was like, "Well, oh, that's me done for the season." Then um, you know, like just gym rehab, blah blah. So um, I lost a lot of weight. I lost about I lost about eight kilos because <laughs> I was. Uh, your obvious mentality is summer's around the corner. I'm not playing this season. I'll get in some some sort of shape. Yeah, you're thinking about yeah, you're thinking about ocean beach. The ocean beach. <laughs> so um, I come back uh, a three plus month injury. I was back in two months, and I'm eight kilos lighter than what I should be. So I'm playing back playing for Cardiff, uh, looking like I should be in the back row. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nimble, <laughs> yeah, looking lean, uh, summer ready, and then um, it was a weird situation then where I had a phone call from Rob McBride. So it was uh, the Lions tour that year, and Wales were touring Samoa and Tonga, and obviously with a lot of their senior players um, on the Lions tour, um, it was an opportunity for a lot of new sort of uncapped players, younger players to get um, to get an opportunity and. Um, he called me, and there was a player who they were who they'd called in, but they were unsure of his eligibility to play uh, if he was Welsh or not. So they called yeah. me and they said, "Oh, look, um, we're not sure if this bloke's Welsh yet." Blah blah. Um, can you come in and just make up the numbers and train in until we sort of find out his eligibility, and then we can go from there? So I went in and trained for about a week. Um, and the end of that week, uh, Ron McBride phoned me, phoned me as I'm driving home, and said, "Oh." Um, We've thought about it and, you know, watch you train and, you know, happy with what we've seen. We're going to uh, name you in the squad to go on the Samoa Tonga tour. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So that that's just taking your opportunity when you when you presented a glimpse. Yeah, exactly. And obviously I've come off the back of what is a bit of a rollercoaster of a season. Um, you know, sent to Cardiff, not well, playing one game for national rugby, getting injured, and then all of a sudden having an opportunity to represent the country. So it come a lot sooner than what I expected. Um, and it was definitely a shock. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's what, I think that was the, 
the moment which sort of changed a lot for me um, that summer mm-hmm. tour and and I think like um, you know that that opportunity to spend three four weeks with with some of the Welsh coaches and um, obviously they they see things you know every coach has their own opinion and I guess um, you know I was lucky enough to sort of um, make a good impression and I ended up coming off the bench in that first game against Tonga uh, getting my first cap and yeah. then another so it was, you know it's all down to luck really but then Tom Francis got called up to the Lions squad uh, last minute um, which meant I was starting against Samoa then in the second test so I think I played about 70 odd minutes in that game um, yeah exactly exactly and you say you said luck and obviously there's an element of that but it's also being prepared for when that opportunity comes and just making sure you maximise everything from yeah, it. Yeah, I think you know that's important. Is like like you said, it's just when those opportunities do come around, it's just trying to make the absolute most of those opportunities. And um, and obviously, I'd like to think that I did that. Um, and then getting you know being recalled and um, obviously kicking on with the blues and stuff. Now, um, I think that was probably the turning point. But the funny, the funniest thing is, um, so I've gone, uh, I've gone back. So I've gone on this tour. Um, and it's the same. It's the same head yeah. coach I've, I'd had fallen out with and stuff like that uh, for the Blues. Uh, so I've, I've gone back uh, to, to pre-season for the Blues and he's called me in the office and, and the first thing he said to me is he sat me down and he's gone, look, uh, it's all well and good. You get your caps against you know Tonga Samoa, but um, I think you'll struggle again this season for the Blues. So, you know, you're back with Cardiff basically. Oh wow! I was about to ask that. What was it like going back? But yeah, yeah wow, that oh, must have been absolute roller coaster. Yeah, so you, you knew you were up against it from a weird go. Um, but yeah, like you know, a lot all these things happen for a reason. I think you know, this sort of gives you that tough skin. You know, that tough skin you need. And um, he's a fantastic coach, Danny Wilson, and I learned you know heat off him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was definitely one of the toughest moments. Was you coming off this massive high of getting your two first caps to, you know, knowing you're not in the picture to play for him this season. So it is tough, yeah. Yeah, I'm just thinking there must have been, as soon as you dropped back down to, to Cardiff, there must have been a huge target on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. There it must was, have been. It was the same chat from the head coach. He's like, look, I know you don't want to fucking be here, right? But it's probably... <laughs> 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 But you know, again, like I enjoyed, like I enjoyed my time playing for Cardiff because, like, it's you know, wherever you go, like, uh, you know, if you take out the jersey you're wearing, like, it's always a group of boys, Mm -hmm. and it's always you know, the management are always good at that level, Prem, and and uh, you know, I had some of my most enjoyable moments playing for Ponty in Cardiff, um, you know, which I'll which I'll always remember. um, But yeah, it's it's a it was a like it's a funny old one, it's a it's a weird one to say the least. Yeah, it's a roller coaster, and I suppose it taught you a lot about yourself in terms of just being able to focus and and get back to where you. Yeah, to be. again, like like you said, as long as you're sort of, as long as you're putting your foot in the right place, and you know, like if you're getting dropped down to play at that level, then again, you've got to you've got to stand out, or you've got to try and do your utmost best. So as long as you do that, yeah. you know, there's yeah. there's not a lot more you can do. Yeah, you've got to you've got to show the right attitude with that. And you see, unfortunately, a lot of footballers when they go to the reserves or something, it's just a completely different attitude yeah, and mindset. Yeah. And it just says it speaks quite 
loud about oh, yeah, it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah. So when did you get back into the blues then? Um, in terms of what now? In terms of like, obviously went down to Cardiff. When did you get back into? I suppose Danny's favour, or was it by the time of Danny um, left? Or, or that season there? was the the season. That might have been the season we went on to win um, the European Cup. Um, yeah, yeah. So that year, so for the first, I'd say three months, for three first three months, um, I probably played about two games of rugby. Um, so like whenever you play, so whenever you play games uh, for the Blues, they always take these things called travel and reserves. So they take about three or four and they always take one in my position. Um uh, so yeah. for, for most weekends, I'd be travelling reserve to the game, so I wouldn't get an opportunity to play. Um, and then I think it was like an injury occurred um, in the team run on the Friday before Saturday game, and I was travelling reserve, and then I got my opportunity off the bench and um, sort of uh, give him a bit of uh, you know give him a bit bit of trust back in me, um, and then I sort of getting a, yeah. a bit more regular game time. And then it sort of turned out that I played in the quarterfinal. I started in the quarterfinal against Edinburgh away that year, um, but it was it was like it was literally sort of the flip of the coin. You know, he'd have he'd have a wheel in his in his office with four of our names on it, and he'd spin it, and then you know, yeah, that's yeah. playing that again because it was um, we had we had foul Felice. It was uh, it was you know he's the outright starter for us, uh, legend of his mm-hmm. foul. Um, and then it was like three of us battling out for the bench spot at that point. So, yeah, we still getting called up for Wales. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so that was the that was the <laughs> frustrating bit. Was um, obviously um, I'm getting called up for Wales. And it's like Six Nations campaign, um, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm not even starting for the Blues. And the, you know, people who were starting for the Blues, uh, I think like Bubba uh, Scott Andrews was ahead of me at that point, and he wasn't getting called. And then mm-hmm. I was, which like it's 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 a difficult situation for me and a weird one because I'm going into camp with all these players and I can't really justify being there. If you can understand what I mean, because yeah, yeah, I can understand where you're coming from because you're young as well. You're young and you haven't proven yourself. Yeah, I'm proving myself. I'm not really just you know I can't really justify it, and it's tough because you can't say no to getting selected because <laughs> it's obviously where you want to. Be, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like. Um, you know, a lot of players will will go to coaches if they're not playing and, and put their argument across as to why they think they should be playing. And you know, I couldn't even do that really because I wasn't playing. So uh, for yeah, anyone, yeah. so it was a weird one. But again, like uh, you know, op- in that environment in the Welsh camp, it's an opportunity to learn. And you know, you obviously you get fed like six times a day. You get all the protein, all the supplements, and the training is. Is even more yeah. intense than than it is at regional, and you know you learn a lot more. So it was a good environment for me to be in, and I think it, it yeah. gave me a break as well from the sort of um, from what what at the time to me was like quite a toxic situation for me at the Blues. So, yeah, so frustrated yeah. Um, there because I wasn't playing um, to go into a new environment and sort of you know have a break from that, but. Yeah, it was um, so. Ter- like that. That's that's really yeah. interesting. I would if I if I was you back in those days, I'd be turning back up to Cardiff with my wheels <laughs> kit on, just making sure they realise that <laughs> full tracks. I don't think you know. I, was, I, don't, I don't think you know. I was a player for about six months. He thought I was a groundsman. I think that's why he didn't. Pick me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. put the cones out. <laughs> um, so yeah, like 
I've had a, sort of. I think everyone has their own, you know, comes across these sort of challenges during their career, and you know, you, you get the odd one or two which which don't. But um, yeah, I definitely learned a lot from that time. Um, so I am grateful for it, as frustrating as it was. But yeah, I'm very good. Yeah, yeah. It builds that resilience in you, doesn't it? And and you know that you've you've been able to get through that even at a young age, and then just keep pushing on. Keep yeah, pushing definitely. On. Which I suppose. I suppose it leads into the ne- next thing in terms of obviously when I met you, you were building up Six Nations and everything was quite a pressurized situation, and then it just stopped. Yeah. What was the feeling like in the camp then? Because it was like the day before, wasn't it? The that is a cancel. Yeah, so um, obviously every other Six Nations game had been cancelled that weekend, and one or two had been cancelled the weekend before as well. Um, and then yeah, we were we training all week, so it was a weird one for me. So I got injured in that England game. Uh, and then yeah. and Leon Brown got injured as well uh, hurt his shoulder and then we come in Monday uh, we, me and Leon got sat down and they said basically um, <laughs> Leon's more likely to recover to close to 100% than you are Dylan so uh, we've ruled you out um, and then come Thursday um, I got tapped on the shoulder saying Leon's no good to play do you think you'll be able to run? <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> oh, <right>. um, <laughs> so you've been chilling for yeah, the whole week <laughs> just doing a bit of gym and like you know like I couldn't I could barely walk I was in a boot blah blah and, uh, and I said yeah you know I'll give it a go so I dug in got through it um, and then I was named to be on the bench then um, well I didn't come out but yeah I got named to be on the bench then instead of Leon because Leon uh, was no good um, to play <laughs> it was yeah. a mad week but again um and then obviously it got called off on the Friday, um, and it was a bit of a it was a bit of a weird feeling, like like you can imagine, like you've got this, you're getting ready for a game, this massive build up, all this tension and stuff, and then it suddenly just drops because it's cancelled. Um, yeah, yeah, as well. So yeah, it was a it was a bizarre week. Nothing I've ever nothing I've ever experienced before, but yeah. Um, yeah, they're talking about potentially rerunning the Six Nations later in the year. Yeah, there's still quite a few games which are left to play, and obviously France were, um, you know, going for for the title as well. So it's a frustrating one. For them. Yeah, because you you scored your first try against France. <laughs> yeah, I did, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. So they need to they need to keep it in the record books. Then they don't need to. <laughs> oh, wipe this Six Nations off, right? Because I don't think I'll ever score one again. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, it was. It's obviously. Um, so Tom Francis was injured this Six Nations, uh, and mm-hmm. the probably the eighteen months before it, before it, um, every every opportunity I had was really off the bench, and Tom Francis would start, and, and I'd come off the bench for the last 20, 30 minutes, wherever it was, and um, that was seen as like so when Gatlin was here, that was seen as my role, and you know he sat me down and, and sort of said, look, you know, this is your role. Um, just come off the bench for however long and just run around like an absolute idiot and just get involved as much as you can for the time you're on. Just bring energy, yeah. bring impact. Um, and, you know, like, because he'd sat me down and told me that, like, I could 100% get behind it. And I was like, yeah, all right, yeah, I'll do it. That's my job. And, yeah. Well, you know your, you know yeah. your role. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then, obviously, Tom Francis got injured. So it gave me and Leon a lot more opportunity. And, you know, I started... Um, Started the four games, uh, got a lot of exposure, and and it's tough, you know. Like <laughs> you, you get, 
you don't really get abuse when you come off the bench, but you know you're you're in the spotlight a bit more when you're starting. And yeah, you know, I've had I've had some mm-hmm. absolute corkers thrown at me. Um, <laughs> How do you deal with that? Um, I, you know, like I get asked that question, and the funniest one of the funniest ones is um, a guy I a guy I grew up with playing rugby with, same age. Um, he wants to become a reporter now, or like a mm-hmm. sport reporter, wherever he wants to be. Um, and I've played rugby with this boy, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'd see him, he lives not far away from me. And he is just slating me off online, just absolute black and white, just telling, like, think I am wow. fucking garbage, which is like... Well, for then for then asking you for interviews. Yeah, well, right? yeah, like, you probably eventually ask me for one, or you'll be there, like, one and one. So that's, like, I quite enjoy it at the same time. Um Okay, so you see it. You see it as a bit of banter. Yeah, well, I just see it more as like, it's a bit of fool, really, and you know I can get behind it. I don't really mind yeah. it because uh, everyone's got their opinions, and whether they're right or wrong, you know, like that's just one man's opinion. And um, yeah, you know, if they were selecting the team, then I'd probably be a bit more worried. But <laughs> they're not, do you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. How do you how do you motivate yourself and you use that as motivation? The reason I'm asking is. Um, I'm a basketball right. fan, so I've obviously just jumped straight into the last dance, and I've you know nothing surprises me there with Michael because I've read all the books already about his personality and his yeah, motivation. Yeah. But what what actually fuels you in terms of motivation? Um, I think it's it's a weird one because like in Wales, growing up as a kid, especially like where I'm from, and so like my dad coached me from the age of like seven till I was about eleven. Yeah, uh, so there's a big family thing behind it. Um, you know, growing up, like, that's all I ever wanted to do, really. Um, that is all I ever wanted to do was play rugby and, you know, play for Wales and stuff and just play play at the highest level I possibly can. And I think sort of there's no there's no other feeling, really. There's no feeling which compares to to singing the anthem in the stadium for me. Um, stuff like that, little things. Yeah. And, and we sit on the bus going to the, uh, going to the Principality and, and then you get greeted by, like, these uh, police, police people on horses. And then the street is just mm-hmm. rammed, and just like those things, like the feeling you sort of get, the buzz you get from it's that team sport spirit, you know, like just being around the boys. And there's no other, there's no other thing like it for me, really. So I think what drives it for me is just those little things which you get from the sport, um, you know, those yeah, moments yeah. which you know you won't come by day to day for me anyway. Um, so like I just I enjoy those yeah, little things. Yeah. I think that's what drives me. I, I can I can completely understand that because just in terms of comedy, I, you know, I love being on yeah. stage, and but it's the little things about being on stage and little things building up to it. That's what I really love, and I love the work as well. In terms of you know, almost like going to the gym and doing new material, yeah. making yeah, it perfect, yeah. and then being able to take it out there. So so it's the process. Yeah, it, definitely. Well? And um, again, obviously, like I said about it's just the the sort of the team sport thing where you know. A, I'll never get an opportunity again to to sort of sit in a building with like thirty of your mates and just talk absolute rubbish for about an hour and just yeah. stop non stop laughing. Mm-hmm. And like that's your that's your job, you know, like that's part of your job is you've got that relationship with those people. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, it's 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 hard to get that in the outside world where you can do that so often, do you know? Yeah, yeah. I've I've 
for me personally, I never, I never played rugby, but my yeah. son does. And I've seen the difference in terms of the social side of it and the team spirit compared to what football, what I've experienced from football. And yeah. Um, it's like some of my most enjoyable, you know, rugby moments were definitely when I was playing in that mini and juniors, you know, and, and those mates, I'm sure your, yeah. you know, like your son will have those mates for the rest of his life. Um, because they are, so, you know, friendships that build up, and like you said, that social side of it is massive. Um, but it's definitely yeah, something that, that I love about the game so much is how social it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could tell you, I always see you guys top of St Mary Street having a coffee yeah. together. Just always, I'm always together, coffee. the whole team. <laughs> <laughs> Always just top of St Mary Street, just a little triangle of the of the coffee shops there. Just have a little coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, always, always, because you actually own a coffee company. Yeah, I do. Well, yeah, so um, I um, oh, it's about it's about kind of three years now. Um, so real good mate, mine who I played rugby with. Oh, I still play rugby with. Uh, lucky enough, uh, so he had a he had a real bad injury where um, he had a he had a bleed outside the brain. So, you know, one morning woke up after a game and couldn't pick his knife or fork up, couldn't put his left foot in front of his knife. And, wow. And, you know, that puts a lot into perspective. So he met three specialists. Um, one said, you can never play again. One said, you can. And one said, can you live a what if? So, <laughs> so he sat there. Well, how old uh, you Probably around, yeah, probably around 21, 22 at the time. Um, so, wow. Yeah, probably about 21. Um, so he's had this news um, and he's, you know, he sat there chatting to me and he said, look, I need, he's, he's got a minimum of 12 months before you can make a decision on playing regardless, uh, go through all these tests, okay. et cetera. So, so it wasn't written off that he wasn't going to play again. So, um, so we, we set up, we, we sat down and got some ideas and we set this company up, Fat Dragon Coffee, um, which was basically, obviously he had these 12 months off where you know he wanted to do something um and, and i was dead keen to get to get involved as well so we, yeah we come up this company for that reason really um and it's still mm-hmm. going today which is good um yeah ah good stuff so there's there's life after rugby as well so you're setting yourself up in a nice yeah place obviously you know if it if it continues to grow and and you know it does become something for us after rugby then that's fantastic obviously that's the that's the dream world, and you know that's 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 ideal. That that'd be brilliant. Um, but at the same time, look, we you know you're picking up a lot of skills, a lot of a lot of new things that you know we wouldn't have done from just playing rugby, and uh, you know like meeting, people, yeah, meeting sure. people in different sort of industries, and and uh, and again that sort of you know people talking skills is is something. Um, you know, which you can't do on a rugby pitch. So, like, we've met some fantastic people along the way um, who've helped us out massively. Um, there's, a, there's a guy in uh, Jen called Phil McArdle, um, who's an absolute okay. nutbox, but he won't mind me. But um, <laughs> he gave us, like, six months of his time for, for free, um, just educated us, just um, helped us. With, yeah, That's amazing. You know I mean, and there's yeah. people like that who... Um, you know, we won't we won't be able to be uh, doing it now without him. So yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a lot. A lot of it comes out of luck and right place, right time, sort of thing. And then taking your opportunity. So that's per- that's a perfect yeah, ending yeah. there. Um, just taking your opportunity when it comes. Brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you, obviously, for doing this. It's great to yeah. speak to you. 
And um, yeah, I'm sure I'll be I'll be at the stadium supporting you as well, and I'll be seeing you online, yeah. um, smashing well, the gym. Somebody's got tickets, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about that. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll touch you for that. I'll, I'll be on, I'll be on your ass for that. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Good stuff. Thanks, yeah, man. Take care. Massive thanks for Dylan for being such a great guest. He's got such an interesting story and I hope you guys have enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, please remember to hit that subscribe button and make a positive review. Or if you have any suggestions for guests, please hit me up on social media. On Twitter, I'm at Leroy Brito. On Facebook, it's Leroy Brito Stand Up. And on Instagram, it's at Leroy Brito. The next episode will be up next Tuesday and I'll catch you then. <laughs>